Welcome, beautiful people, to my Poetically Saved journey, where I'll be sharing testimonies, truths, and teachings of God. I really hope to encourage, inspire, and connect with you as we spend time with God. Hi, everyone. Um, hi. I know it's it's been a minute since I've shared an episode, and I have dearly... Um, missed you all. I'm so sorry if I'm talking kind of quiet. I know I normally talk quiet, but I'm talking even quieter because as of right now, it's 11.21 p.m. and I'm pretty sleepy and I was going to go to sleep, but I just keep feeling this, this gnawing on my heart that I need to get out what God has told me to get out, Um, what he has placed on my heart. He's placed this on my heart maybe like a month ago and I've been procrastinating, I've been holding off on doing it, um, and just being like, oh, I'll do it next week, and I'll do it next weekend, and I don't want to do that anymore, because God has just, has just been reminding me that what he's calling me to do is not just about me, it's about people that are connected to me, so someone who's listening to this right now, whatever season um, you're in, this message is, is for you whomever, whether it's one person or whether it's multiple people, I just, I know that it's going to bless someone. And even if it's only one person, that is one person's life that has been blessed. That's one person's life that has been encouraged in a time when they need it. And I know what it's like to get an on-time word. And it's just the most powerful thing, especially when you're in a low place or, you know, you've been praying, you just feel like God hasn't been answering you. And let's believe that God is very intentional with everything. So if you're listening to this right now, and especially if this if what God has placed on my heart to share resonates with you, then I don't think that it's a coincidence that you're hearing it. Whatever time period you're listening to, wherever you are, it doesn't matter. I just pray that it blesses you. And so um yeah, I'm just I'm really glad to just be sharing because I really do enjoy sharing these things with again. I'm human, and I've been letting myself um, procrastinate, not intentionally. Um, it's just been a hard couple of months from August up until now. It's, it's gotten a bit easier as of recently, but it's been a hard couple of months. And um, that's been, like, the main reason as to why I've just not been feeling up to it, letting my feelings dictate me even doing this with I'm really tired from work. Um, for those that don't know, I'm a teacher, and school started back in August, and so just adjusting back to being at work and just being super exhausted and just going through it mentally and emotionally and just in the different battles that we as Christians face, whether it's just because you live in a sinful world or because the enemy is constantly trying to attack us especially when we're walking in our purpose. So it just makes it harder. And sometimes it just makes you want to just throw in the towel. So just being as humble, open, and transparent as possible, I just have been going through it. And I haven't really been motivated to really read as much. Um, I've been reading, trying to read every single day because I know it's important to get the word within me, even when I don't feel like reading. But, um, you know, I'm really trying to get back to being more consistent with how much I'm reading, how much like how much time I'm spending with God, just being more mindful of that 
and refocusing my mind because let's be honest life happens and especially when you go through difficult seasons it can kind of be hard to see the forest through the trees it can be hard to really see the the bigger picture of what god is doing in our lives when we're just in in a valley when we feel like we're stuck between a rock and a hard place it's really hard when you're like, God, I know what promises you have spoken over me. I know what visions you've given me for my life. But right now it's looking completely opposite and it's hard to really keep on going. And as Christians, we have times like that. And so I try to be as honest and transparent about what I go through because I know that it encourages me when I hear other uh, people of faith, other uh, brothers and sisters in this walk with God who share different things that they struggle with too. And I just, it just makes me sigh the biggest sigh of relief when I'm like, oh my gosh, like they also are going through the same thing. Even if it's only one other person, it just brings me that relief to know it's not just me. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm going to try to, I'm really trying to do better. And I'm really trying to um, not procrastinate when it comes to sharing what God has placed on my heart. Because again, it's not just about me. It's about um, doing what God has called me to do. And that's really, um, really what this message, or I don't even know what to call what it is that I share. I just, it just be sharing God's word. It just be sharing different, different things that God has placed on my heart. Cause I am not a preacher or anything like that. I'm a teacher, but that's in the, I'm a teacher in the school. I teach English. I'm not a Bible teacher by any means. And I don't want anybody that's listening right now to think that I am. So if I, I don't want you to be like, oh my gosh, like you didn't explain that right, or that doesn't make sense, or that doesn't sound, whatever the case may be. That's not what I am at all. I'm just a young woman that is just walking in her purpose with God and just sharing my journey and sharing different revelations that God has given me through His Word and just things that I'm learning through the beauty of His Word and hope that it'll encourage you too. So, yeah. And, um, yeah, I, like I said, I'm just not going to procrastinate anymore. I'm not going to wait until tomorrow to do it. I'm going to do it now because if I don't do it now, it's just going to keep on gnawing at me. And I know that it's God telling me to go ahead and do it. So I'm going to be obedient, even though it's delayed. So technically, it's still disobedience. I might talk to God about that. But I'm going to go ahead and do it. And shout out to my best friend as well. She has been encouraging me to get back to posting as well. Um, because as I said, this has been a minute, it's been like four months since I posted. So yeah, um, I just hope that everything is going well with you guys. And I know it's a difficult season for a lot of us. So even if it's, if it's not, um, I'm going to be praying for you guys and just hoping that you just stay encouraged, that you just keep on pressing forward, no matter how difficult it gets, just remembering that God is not a man that he should lie. And that whatever he has shown you in visions and dreams, whatever he has spoken over your life, know that it will come to pass. Um, and know that God's thoughts and his ways are greater than ours for a reason. He is God and we are imperfect people for a reason. Um, so before I get started per usual, I'm going to pray and then I'm going to just get into it. So if you guys could just get you know, whatever your prayer posture is. Um, yeah, I just get started. Dear Heavenly Father, first and foremost, just thank you for blessing me to see another day. 
I thank you for those that are listening right now that you bless them to see another day as well, Lord. You have um, intentions and you have a purpose for my life and for their life as well, Lord. And I just thank you that you're with us right now. I thank you that your Holy Spirit is gone, it's going out, excuse me, um, to each and every last one of us and is touching our hearts, our minds, our spirit in the way that you know that we need it. So just pour into them, continue to pour into them, Father God. And I just pray that you use me as you see fit. Lord Jesus, give me the words to speak. And I just pray that this edifies your children. In your holy precious name we pray. Amen. Okay, so. Backstory. For today's episode. Um, It's titled Prepare the Way. And... I got really inspired by the song it's titled Prepare the Way by Maverick City Music and Tribal Music. I heard it about a month and a half, two months ago, and it's just a really beautiful song. It has it has simple lyrics and like the lyrics are just repeated over and over again throughout the song, but the music is so beautiful and just even the message behind it is so beautiful. And when I first heard the song, I, I was playing on repeat. If you're like me, when you hear a song that really resonates with your heart and your spirit, especially if you're going through a difficult season and it's just blessing you, you'll play it over all day, every day, and I get tired of it. So that's what I was doing with the song, playing it over and over all day, every day. And like The more I played it, like the more it just resonated with my spirit and one day I was just listening to the song while I was spending time with God and, you know, in my, um, my prayer journal and things like that. And I wrote out the lyrics and then I just wrote a prayer for it as well. And I'm going to share that prayer at the end, um, of this episode, just to pray, pray it again over me and to pray it again over you as well. Um, just in hopes that it would, it would bless you because it really has blessed me even reading it back just now um, before I started but um so yeah as I was listening to it um God spoke to me and I and I wrote out my prayer and then the the scriptures and in, in reference to um to John came to me as well and so I'm gonna read those two after I read out the lyrics so the the main lyrics are just it says we, we prepare the way for the king we prepare the way for Jesus. We'll be just like John. We'll get out of the way for the king. We'll get out of the way for Jesus. Um, move what you have to. We'll get out of the way. Make, make, make way, make way. The king is coming. Make way. You can come like fire. You can come like rain. You can come like oil. Just as long as you come, Jesus come. We'll prepare the way. So essentially, um, the song is fairly long. I think it's maybe like 10 minutes long or so, but it's just these lyrics over and over again, just um, that they're singing. And it's really beautiful. And so the more that I, I played it, like I said, and then I went and I looked at the lyrics as they were singing it, and I was just like, wow. And so the part that stuck out to me was where it says, we prepared the way for Jesus. We'll be just like John. And... I just thought about just the, the beautiful story of, you know, John and, and Jesus, how they were both in their mother's wombs at the same time. Um, and how John, his purpose was to prepare the way for Jesus. 
and he lived out that purpose fully and wholly with all his heart, his mind, and his spirit. And I just think that that's so beautiful. This is a story of John. And so I'm reading, I'm going to read something from Mark and from John as well in reference to John. And Mark 1, 3 through 8, the NLT version, it says, He's a voice shouting in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord's coming. Clear the road for him. This messenger was John the Baptist. He was in the wilderness and preached that people should be baptized to show that they had repented of their sins and turned to God to be forgiven. All of Judea, including all the people of Jerusalem, went out to see and hear John. And when they confessed their sins, he baptized them in the Jordan River. His clothes were woven from coarse camel hair, and he wore a leather belt around his waist. For food, he ate locusts and wild honey. John announced, someone is coming soon who is greater than I am, so much greater that I am not even worthy to stoop down like a slave and untie the straps of his sandals. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. And so the day that the scripture came to me, when I wrote out the lyrics and then the prayer, even when I was listening to the song, I was just, this scripture came to me. Not, of course, not word for word, because I do not know this whole entire scripture, this passage, word for word. But what came to me was like, wow, John was really fully living in his purpose, not caring about what anybody thought about him or said about him, because this man was out here in the wild eating locusts and wild honey for his food. Um, you know, he was he was wearing clothes made from camel hair and he was out in, literally, out living in the wilderness. Like the very first line of it says, he is a voice shouting in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord's coming. And so that sat in my sphere because it was just like John, was unapologetically on fire for God. He knew what his purpose was. He didn't let himself get distracted by different things. And fulfilling that purpose for God, preparing the way for Jesus was what he knew he had to do. And I really believe that it brought him great joy to do it. But I also was thinking about, wow, like, John, of course, knew his purpose, and I'm sure it brought him joy to do it. But John was also human, the same way that you and I are human. And I'm sure that John had desires in his heart. Um, I'm sure that, that John might have had different plans. And, of course, John was battling his flesh because we're all imperfect. So no matter who it is or or who it was whether it's you know the most amazing bible character everybody had their faults every like each and every last person including us we fight our flesh daily um our flesh and our spirit will always be at be at war because they're not meant to coexist together it's just that's just not how how it's meant to work and that's why it's so important for us to die to our flesh every single day and feed our spirit. And it's so hard. It's so hard to do that. Um, it's so hard sometimes to starve your flesh and to feed your spirit, especially when you're when you're low in your spirit. And I know that's such a weird, like, you're like, okay, if you're low in your spirit, duh, you would think, like, if you would need to feed it even more. You need to pour into it so you can fill back up. But it's like when you're low in your spirit, 
you don't even have it in you really to fill up your spirit again by, you know, spending time in God's word, by just spending that alone time, that quiet time, just resting in God. And so, yeah, um, I just thought about that. I was just thinking, like, I know that John was doing this for Jesus, and I know that one, he couldn't have cared what other people thought about him because he, he, I'm sure people thought like, oh, that's crazy John. They probably nicknamed him crazy John. Like, that's just crazy John out there. You know, he just, he preached like this, this, this person named Jesus. Like, who is this Jesus that he's talking about? He's saying, you know, Jesus is coming. He baptizing people in the Jordan River. Like, I'm not trying to get back. People were probably saying all kind of stuff about John and John really did not care. Um, and John humbled himself and was <laughs> completely humbled always um because even it says in the scripture that he says someone's coming soon who is greater than i am so much greater that i'm not even worthy to stoop down like a slave and untie the straps of his sandals i baptize you with water but he will baptize you with the holy spirit so john knew what his place was what his position was he never let his purpose elevate or make him feel like he was elevated make it feel make him feel like he was better or superior to anyone else he knew I am here to to tell you guys about the coming of Jesus, so that way you can become baptized physically in this water. But He will come to baptize you with the Holy Spirit, and you become saved. You become filled with the Holy Spirit. So He knew what His place was. He knew that He wasn't greater than anyone else, especially not Jesus. And He wanted people to know that. He wanted them to know, like, no, I am not the Messiah. I'm preparing the way for him. I'm trying to let you guys know that he is coming so that when he does come, you are prepared. And um, I'm sorry, I just, that just really resonated with me. Um, but yes, so John had to put aside all of these other factors that were um, within him, things that, that he was battling. We don't, we don't know what his plans might have been John's plans could have been to become something completely different. But God's plan, of course, was greater. Um, He could have had certain desires in his heart to do other things, whether they were his his desires or even God's desires. Um, But he did not let that cloud his mind or let that be his focus. And then lastly, of course, his flesh. We all have certain things that I believe... um, or a certain thing that I believe will always be our thorn, our, the thorn in our flesh. Like Paul says, like when he um, when he constantly kept coming to God because, you know, there was this thorn in his, in his flesh. Like it was this thing that was tormenting him. And he asked God, like, take it away from me, take it away from me. And, and then God kept telling him, like, no, like my grace is sufficient for you. Whenever you are weak, I am, I am made strong in you. And so Paul understood, like, okay, you're saying this, um, because that means whenever I am in weakest God, that means that you are the strongest within me. And that is a reminder that I am dependent on you. I think, I, I believe that that is part of the reason that God let it stay there. Because one, it's a reminder that we're constantly dependent on God. I think that if we did not have a thorn in our flesh, sometimes we as, not sometimes, I would think that if we did not have, excuse me, that thorn in our flesh, we as people, would allow whatever gifts or talents or position that God has placed us in. I think that we would allow that to make us think that we got there on our own. I think we would try to become too independent on ourselves and on our 
salaries, on our talent, on our gifts, on the things that we have, we would think that, oh, all is good, all is well, because I've earned all of these things, or I've gotten to this place in my life, and by having this thorn in our flesh, I don't know what your thorn might be, I have an idea of what my thorn is, um, but if we didn't have those things, we as people, because again, like I, like I said, our flesh and our spirit are always battling, so there are things that our flesh is going to want to do, and your flesh wants to be arrogant and prideful, your flesh wants to be like, man, I don't need God, I don't need him at all. I got this job on my own. I got this job because I worked hard in school and I put in the time and the hours and because I'm so smart and because I'm so gifted and talented and, and this area and that area. I didn't I didn't get here because of God. I got here because of me. It was all me. And so by realizing this, this thorn in my flesh is the reminder that no, 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 no. Let me keep myself humble. Let me let let me remind myself that I'm not greater than anyone else. I'm not greater than God. I can get here on my own, and I have to depend on Him every single time because if I don't, I'm not going to make it. And if we don't, our spirit, our spirit man cannot become stronger. Our spirit man cannot grow. Our spirit man cannot continually grow in order to become um, greater than our flesh in order to overpower our flesh when you're low in your spirit and when your spirit man is weak when those fleshly fleshly desires come up you're not going to be strong enough to to fight it off when that fleshly desire comes up for you to curse out that person that cut you off and your spirit man is weak or you're low in your spirit you're not gonna be able to (laughs) <laughs> to come humbly to God and, and, you know, stop yourself and do like James, um, like James one nineteen says, where it says, be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. That's the verse of the day today. Um, you're not going to be thinking about, oh, let me, you know, let me be slow to speak. Let me be slow to be angry. Let me be quick to listen. No, you're, you're going to be quick to react and not respond. And so that, again, is why we have to be so dependent on God in order for our spirit man to grow and become stronger. And we can't do that if we're not in our words continually every single day. Not just reading it, but studying it. And like I said, I'm guilty of this too. Like, I've, I've been reading my words still. Um, but I know when I need to be in my word more because my flesh is quicker to, I'm, I'm quicker to react instead of responding. But I'm not that strong in my uh in my spirit, when I'm low in my spirit, when I haven't been spending that much time in God's word and really meditating on it, studying on it, I'm quicker to just react to things. I'm quicker to react out of in, in my flesh instead of responding through Holy Spirit. And so, like I said, we must starve our flesh and feed our spirit. Um, our flesh only distracts us from God's will for our lives and living righteously. Instead of part like he has called us to do, if John had to come to his fleshly desires over over his spirit he would not have been able to effectively prepare the way for jesus and of course again i'm not saying that john was perfect but it took him really spending time with the father like really being in prayer and meditating on his word so that 
he knew it within his heart, his mind, and in his spirit. So then and in times when his flesh would come up against him or when the enemy would come up against him, he would have the word of God. He would have that in order to combat his flesh, in order to, to remind himself, no, instead of me getting angry and just going off, let me be slow to anger. Let me be slow to speak and let me be quick to hear. Because any anger that is not, uh, that's not a righteous anger is only going to cause sin. And I had to remind myself of that today too. Because whenever I'm, I'm weaker in my spirit, I, I allow certain things to, to get me like upset or angry quicker than I normally do. Especially things that have an like, ongoing issue or problem and I'll, I'll be quiet about it for a while. But then one day it's just kind of like... It's like the straw that broke the camel's back and I just can't take it anymore. And it's, it's like I I speak in anger. I speak words out of out of anger. And I have to think, like, did, did me being angry about that and, and the things I spoke out of my mouth, did that honor God? Did it honor the, the person I was talking about, whether they heard me or not? Was it righteous or was it sinful? Like, was it was it a righteous anger? Like the anger that Jesus felt um, when he went into the temple and he turned over the, the, the tables of the, of the money changers and those who were defiling his father's house. That was righteous anger. Like Jesus had every right to be angry and he had every right to react the way that he did. And that was righteous. And that was honoring God because he was like, y'all are not about to defile my father's home. Y'all are not going to, you know, be in here doing things that are wrong, taking advantage of people. That is righteous anger. When you when you're angry over the things that anger God, God is God is a God of justice, so injustice angers Him. God is is a God of truth, so lies anger Him. God is a, is a God of love, so hatred angers Him. So when we when we're righteously angry about things that make Him angry, we know that that's honoring Him because I want to hate the things that that my father hates. I. I want to, you know, feel that righteous anger in in my spirit about things that, that my father is angry about, righteously angry about. Because God doesn't just get angry just to get angry. And that's, of course, why he's so perfect. Um, I don't quite know why I got off, like, on this anger. I won't even say tangent. Because anger is not the only um, way that we react in our flesh. But I do think that anger is one of the main emotions that cause um, that cause us to sin. And I, and I know that it's not just me, of course. But I, I really do believe that whether you're saved or unsaved, I do believe that anger is one of the main ways that causes us to sin. Because uh, anger is such a powerful emotion. And the enemy knows that. And the enemy knows that for a lot of people, once once he can get you angry unrighteously, once he can get get you angry about anything, whether it's a small thing or a big thing, that you're more likely to sin. You're more likely to stumble because when you're angry, you're not thinking clearly. When you're angry, you're not thinking what would honor God, what would please God. Like, no, you're you're thinking about whatever thing or person has gotten you feeling that way. And so, yeah, it's just so important for us to not allow our flesh 
to to distract us from from our, our purpose, which is to prepare the way for Jesus. That is our purpose in this life, like above all else. Like, of course, God has given us each of us purposes, things that he has created us to do. Um, he is the potter. We are the clay. So all, only he knows the purposes of each and every last one of his creation. So for me, I know part of my purpose is in teaching. And I know it's also in writing. I know that that's how God is going to use me to to reach those who are lost so that they may be found in Christ. But my number one purpose, number one reason that he had created me um, is to be in, in relation with him and is also to make to go out into the world and make disciples, to go out into the world to the lost and the found, to be that light in, in the dark places in order to bring those who need God to him, in order to show them the love and the character of God through my actions, through my words. So then that way they're, they're drawn into like, like what, what is this love that I'm experiencing from you? What is this character that I'm experiencing from you? It's different. It's not like things that are that I've seen before or things I've experienced before. It's different. That's that's what we're called to do. Um, he's called us to shine that light and, and to be that light. So that's our number one purpose in this life. And sometimes I get distracted with other things. Sometimes I get distracted. And it's not even um, wrong the things that I get distracted by. Because sometimes it's not even my flesh that, that throws me off course or that distracts me from preparing the way for Jesus. Sometimes... It's my desires. And I don't even just mean the, the desires that aren't of God. Like, there are some things that we want or that, we, that you know, we would like to have. The God is like, mm, daughter, I never told you I would give you that. Or son, you know, that's that's not for you. I don't want that for you. That's just not it. But there are some desires that God has given us. There are some desires that we know that we know that we know that God has given us. And sometimes we can let those desires distract us from our focus being on God. It should always be God first, always, in every area of your life. I don't care what it is, marriage, work, your children, business. God needs to be number one in every single area. And so it's okay for us to have these desires. It's okay for us to want the, the desires of our heart that God has placed in them. Because he placed them there for a reason. God would not place a desire in your heart. And a desire is something that you want. It's something that, that um, I won't say that if you won't have it, you won't be fulfilled. fulfilled but it's something that, that you really, really want. That it's like, hmm. Respectfully, if I don't have it, I'm not gonna be right. Like I just, it's just not. I'm not going to like feel as fulfilled as I could. And I believe that God places certain desires in our hearts again for a reason, like because it's a part of our purpose. For example, if your desire is to be married, and if you know that you know God has told you that you are going to be married, because marriage is not for everybody. God has not called everybody to be married, and it's okay. But for those that know that they have been called to be married, it's beautiful. Marriage is a very beautiful union. God created it. Um, it's a beautiful covenant. It's just 
there's so much beauty in marriage. There's I I can never say anything bad about marriage. Um, I just can't. I I just can't say anything bad about it. And it's completely fine if you know. Okay, God, you give me dreams. You've spoken to me through your word. You've spoken to me in various ways, and you have told me that marriage is for me. One day I am going to have a spouse. That's fine and that's beautiful. And God wants you to desire that. God wants you to be hopeful and expectant for it. God doesn't want you to put it in the corner of your mind and be like, oh, whatever, whenever it happens, it happens. Like, no, he wouldn't have given it to you if he didn't want you to want it. But when you want it too much, when you want it more than you want to focus on God or more than you want God, that is when it becomes a problem. That is when you become distracted from preparing the way. When it goes from God and then, you know, God being number one and then it goes to everything else. When it goes from that to desires of my heart and then God and then everything else, that's a problem. Because nothing should be on the throne of our heart besides God. And I'm guilty of that from time to time. Like, I really will um, be so focused, like, on that desire, on that promise. And it's not because I'm trying to idolize it. It's just that when you desire something so badly and when you've been waiting for it so long and you've been praying for it and, you know, you've been believing God for it and you're just in a place where you're like, dang, God, I still don't see it. It still hasn't happened. Am I doing something wrong? Is it going to happen? Like, we're, we're human. It's, it's not going to always be, oh, I'm waiting so well. I'm waiting so well, God. I'm just, I'm only delighting in you the whole time. I'm not even thinking about it. I'm not even, like, worried about it happening. We're, we're human. That's just, if anybody tells you that, that they've, in their waiting season for anything, if they tell you, like, oh, it's always been butterflies and rainbows the whole time. I never got sad over it. I never, respectfully, they're being dishonest. Because as human beings, we just don't like to wait. We just don't like to wait. And when you live in a culture, especially, I don't know those of you who live in America or not. But I know in America, we live in a very much so microwave, instant gratification type of society. Where people want to be able to, you know, pop it in the microwave, get it in one to two minutes. And God, as I've noticed through my many times of waiting, and still am waiting right now, um, God is not a microwavable kind of wait. Um, God's timing is more of a of an oven type of wait, even like a slow roast cooker you know type of weights where it's like it might take two three hours you know i gotta have some marinade you gotta turn it over a couple times you gotta make sure you're keeping it from getting dry you gotta make sure that you're doing all this amazing stuff and it, it, it just takes it, it takes time but i guarantee you when you put it in the oven when it does finally come out you're going to enjoy it more you're gonna love it more because it's gonna taste better it's gonna be better okay like you put in a piece of pizza from last night in the microwave yeah you could eat it yeah it'll taste it'll taste all right but when you put that pizza in the oven 
it's basically like brand new pizza all over again. So it's gonna take longer, but it's gonna taste better. And so I'm trying to remind myself of that, where it's like, God, I'm waiting longer for it. I've been waiting for however long the case may be, but I know that you would not have me waiting so long if it wasn't going to just be absolutely amazing and, and not only bless me, but bless others. But we just don't ever want to let our desires um, distract us from being focused on God because when your focus is not on God, you're not going to be able to hear him as clearly and, you know, do, do his will every single day. And I think sometimes, even like I, even me, like I've had to like remind myself of this, you know, recently where I I used to pray every single day, um, you know, God, whatever your will is for my life today, let it be known to me, speak it to me so that I may do it, so I may be obedient. And I've gotten distracted from that. And I've just gotten kind of into like a routine of just getting up, going to work, you know, coming home. I'm, I mean, I'm just exhausted. Like I have different things going on with my job, with my neighbors, just being a disturbance. Like sometimes you just get into this, this life kind of like rut kind of routine. And you forget that it's like I'm not living my life for myself. I'm not living my life just to just to please me and just to go through the motions either. And so I've been praying that again. So even if God's will for your life for that day is to pray over someone, that's okay. That's so that's what you're gonna do. And of course, whatever job like you have, whatever it is that you're, whatever project you're working on, whatever it is that you know that God has called you to do, and if he's telling you to diligently work on that, of course, that's his will for your life. But I do believe that there are certain things that God wants us to do for each day, because each day is new, and no day will repeat itself. So on, let's say like on Sunday, October 24th, which is tomorrow, and say that, that that God's will for your life is to is to pray over your coworkers, to to pray over your coworkers for Monday. And maybe you're like, I don't know why God placed these people's names on my heart. I don't know why, but I'm just gonna pray over them. I'm, I'm gonna pray over them like God told me to do. And then let's say like Monday, Monday comes the the twenty fifth. And you find out that those same coworkers, um, let's say their close family member might have gotten really sick, and you know it's like, oh my gosh, like like they're they're really sick. I'm I'm so sorry to hear that. Let's you know come together and pray. You already started praying over that person in advance, and prayer works. So even if you just feel like, oh, that's a small thing, I just prayed over them. Prayer works. Prayer is, is a very powerful weapon that we as Christians sometimes don't use to the fullest that we should. And, and I keep saying we because I'm included in this. Sometimes I forget like how powerful prayer is. And I forget sometimes too that it's also a conversation. It's not just me coming to God and you know praying over people and praying over myself and praying over the world. And those are all great things. But it's also listening to him as well listening to a yes to say and that again comes back to we're in this you know pop it in the microwave get in a minute or two type of culture where i don't want to wait to hear what god has to say because i have things to do i have to get ready for work 
I have to get ready for bed. I have to get ready to go. I have to get ready to go do this. I have to get ready to go. I have to get ready. I'm always getting, it's just like we're always, we always have too much going on. We're always too busy. And I'm learning and I have been learning and, and really forcing myself to learn this um, over the past really two years to rest first and foremost. It's not wrong to rest no matter what this culture says because you can't pour from an empty cup. You just can't. And of course, Holy Spirit fills us up. But how is Holy, Holy Spirit going to fill us up if we're also not praying like we should or reading our word like we should either? So, resting isn't only just, oh, let me just sleep all day. Then that's good if you need physical rest. But resting also is resting in his presence. Because God will give you um, a renewal and a strength that no amount of sleep could ever give you. And so, it's essential for us to know these things and to remind ourselves, like, okay, God, like, I have, of course, my first and number one purpose is to prepare the way for Jesus. Like, that is what you created me to do, is to prepare the way for Jesus. I must become less and you must become greater. And that's only going to happen by us being intentional about making God our focus above all else. And just striving each and every single day to just do his will for that day. To not worry about what happened yesterday. To not worry about what's going to happen tomorrow. But like his word says, like don't worry about tomorrow because today has enough worry of its own. The 24 hours that God blesses you with. Actually, he just blessed me with another 24 hours because it's currently Sunday. Thank you, God, for another day. The 24 hours that God blesses us with, we can't take advantage of it because we don't know when our time is going to be up. Um, and we want to do all that we can to do his will. We want to do all that we can to, to bless those who are in need of, of that blessing for those who are in need of God. Um, and so God, God word, God word, excuse me, God's word, um, says in regards to our flesh, it's so many different things about our flesh, but I put this from Ephesians because, um, yeah, this is the one that I was thinking about. It's another one, but I can't remember exactly where it's at, but this is the one that I like as well. It's Ephesians 5, 3 through 7. It says, um, let there be no sexual immorality, impurity, or greed among you. Such sins have no place among God's people. Obscene stories, foolish talk, and coarse jokes, these are not for you. Instead, let there be thankfulness to God. You can be sure that no immoral, impure, or greedy person will inherit the kingdom of Christ and of God. For a greedy person is an idolater, worshiping the things of this world. Don't be fooled by those who try to excuse these sins, for the anger of God will fall on all who disobey him. Don't participate in the things these people do. So again, that's just a reminder that when we can't let um, our sinful desires, our sinful nature, um, we, we can't let that overpower us. We can't let that be a place that, that we we live from because that's not what we're supposed to do. People are not going to be able to tell that we are children of God if we look like the world. We're meant to be called apart. Um, 
And so, yeah, we, we can't even make excuses for these sins. We can't just let these sins slide because once you let it slide, you're, it, it'll be become a habit. And we don't need for these things to become habits. We want to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Um, and then two, of course, um, we have to be the light. We have to be the, the city on the hill that, that, that cannot be hidden to the darkness. And again, we can't do that if our flesh is, if, if we're living through our flesh, if we're being impure, whether it's with our bodies or, you know, um, our, our language, if we're being greedy, if we're uh, speaking foolishly or using um, language that's dishonoring or offensive, um, all of these things, or if we're being greedy or being an idolater or worshiping things of this world, all of these things are things that are going to distract us. And we just we can't have that happen. And for our desires, um, I pulled it from Psalm 37 and 4. Um, this, this is one of my favorite ones. And I try to remind myself of this one quite often, too. It says, take delight in the Lord, and he will give you your heart's desires. So when you take delight in the Lord, um, you just find, you find joy in God. You, you, you know that God is at your joy, and he's your peace, and you spend time with him, you draw near to him, and again, it can be hard sometimes when you're like, God, I just promise that, God, I, this vision that you give me for this business or this ministry, for this home, for this marriage, for these children, whatever the case may be, still desire those things. Still be hopeful and expectant for it because God is going to do it because he told you that he would. But don't place those things above him. Delight yourself in him above all things. And then lastly, um, our plans and our agendas. So often, and I I am a testament to this, we allow our our own plans and our own agendas to really um, be our, our main focus for us. Like, I want to have this, 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 and this by this age. I should be doing this at this point. I should be making this amount of money. I should be living in this place. My plan is this. And God, I very much so think that God sits up in, in, in heaven and he just kind of chuckles at it like, oh, my child, that's so sweet. I'm so glad that you're planning. That's nice. But um, I have something else in mind or I'm going to speed up that timeline or the timeline is going to be a little bit longer than you thought. Because you couldn't have told me back when I was 16, 17, 18 that I wasn't going to be, you know, engaged and on my way to buying my first house by the time I was 22, 23, I'm 26, and I have neither. I am, I have neither. Now, I do believe that I'm closer, but like I said, I do not currently have either, and that's okay. God has taught me that me planning is, and you planning is not a bad thing, because not planning is foolish. Just living three sheets to the wind like oh i just go wherever the wind takes me and i just go wherever the day takes me no that's not good either you need to have a solid foundation um and your plans at least need to be rooted in god um so for example i knew that god wanted me to move to atlanta and so my plan was okay i'm going to 
be teaching in South Carolina where I'm from. I'm teaching there for about three, four years before I actually moved to Atlanta. So I knew that my that the plan was rooted in what God wanted me to do. But God sped it up. So what was supposed to be three, four years ended up being um yeah, and it ended up coming about two and a half years earlier than I actually planned for. So, um, again, I, instead of me being like, no, God, I'm not doing that because that's not my plan. And, and me making my plans greater than, than what he has a purpose for me. I said, okay, God, if this is what you have for me, that's fine. Because, again, wherever God is calling you to, to be, whatever plans he has for you, it is meant for your number one purpose, which is to prepare the way for Jesus. To shine your light. And to make um, disciples of many nations. That's just first and foremost. Um, Matthew twenty eight nineteen. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. That's just what it is. And so, if God calls you to be someplace that you never thought of being or that, you know, you plan for it differently, whatever the case may be, whatever God is calling you to do, I know it's so, so hard sometimes to put down our plans and to pick up God's. It was not easy for me to, to put down my plans, especially, especially, excuse me, because I was going through so much and it looked like everything was falling apart. It looked like there's no way, God, that you could have called me to be in this place or to go to this place, and as I'm being obedient, trying to prepare to go to this place, things are falling apart, and it seems like I'm losing things, and it seems just like, how am I going to get up out of this? And I began to question it, like, there's no way God, there's no way God would have called me to this place, and it's going wrong like this, like, it's going completely south. No way, like, there's there's no way. So I'm, I'm starting to say to myself, maybe it was the enemy. Was the enemy trying to, to distract me? Was the enemy trying to, like... And God quickly, of course, like he always does, he reminded me, no, daughter, it was me who told you this. Yes, you're in the right place. And no, you don't need to worry. You don't need to worry about how it looks. You don't need to worry about how it seems. You don't need to worry about what you physically see. What is the vision that I gave you? You're not trying to see with your physical eyes. You're trying to see with your spiritual eyes, the vision that God gave you. So in moments where I'm like, God, this is not it. What is going on? I am confusion. I go back to my dream journal and I read back dreams that God has given me. And I'm reminded, oh my gosh, God, like I forgot, I forgot about this dream. I forgot you even, you know, told me about this. I forgot that you even said that you were going to do this for me or do this through me. Like, okay. And I'm just reminded to just keep on going because his plans are greater than our plans for a reason. Proverbs sixteen nine um, says we can make our own, we can make our plans, but the Lord determines our steps. So the plans that I made were not wrong, just that God determined my steps because God knew the timing of everything. God knew I need you to be here earlier than what you planned because of A B C D, because of how certain things were going to unfold, because of the people that you were going to be connected with and the time frame you would be connected to them. You need to be here at this time. You can't be here a day later or a day earlier. That, that is the beauty of God. Even me speaking that right now, it's just reminding me of just the sovereignty of God. He's never early and he's never late. 
even when we feel like nothing's happening and it's too late. God, I'm on the verge of losing something. God, I'm on the verge of just breaking. God, I'm on the verge of just, you know, throwing in the towel because it's not working out. God is not late. God is not early. God is not ignorant to your needs. God is not ignorant to your prayers. He is not he has not blocked you out. He is not ignoring you. And sometimes I know it makes us, it, it feels like that. Where we've been praying about things and it's just like, God, what, you're not telling me anything. But I reminded it right now in this moment, actually. And this is what I needed for myself, too. I can't remember what pastor said it. But they said, when you can't hear from God or when you feel like God is silent, go back to the last thing that he told you. And do that. Go back to the last thing that God told you and do that. But the last thing that God told you to do was to write out that business plan and let's say you started it and you didn't finish it. Or let's say you never started it. Go back and do that. Because we can't expect for God to give us new plans. We can't expect for God to give us new direction, new vision, or new insight, revelation on what he has for us if we didn't even do what he asked us Asked. Excuse me, us to do before. Even if it's a small thing, even if it's start putting $20 in your savings account every time you get paid. If you haven't been consistently doing that, how do you expect for him to show you more of the vision that he has for you? How do you expect for him to, to give you revelation or something new about it or something new for you to do if you haven't done the last thing? Everything that God tells us to do and calls us to do has intention, it has reason, it has purpose. God sees the beginning to the end. So for you putting $20 in, in your account, in your savings account every time you get paid, it's like, uh, okay, I can I can just do it next month. Or, oh, um, you know, I'd rather spend this $20 on some Chick-fil-A or whatever the case may be. To you, it might just be a small thing where it's like, I can start whenever. I can just, I can delay, and procrastinate, and I'll get to it whenever. But God knows exactly why he called you to do that. And so by you being obedient and saving, six months from now, let's say, God forbid, but let's say six months from now, your two uh, front tires blow out. And you don't have any money in your savings account. You haven't gotten paid. And it's like, how am I going to get to work? But if you haven't putting that, that money in your savings account every time, you got paid like God told you to. If you had been diligent and obedient when he told you to, you would have had all that you needed. Sometimes we miss out on the provision that God has for us. And I'm not saying that in, in that moment that God still would make a way for us. But sometimes I think that God allows us to um, to experience the consequences of our actions. Just, just like a good, good father. Just like any parent, any earthly parent, when their child is doing something, you have to, when your child is doing something wrong, you have to discipline them. Or if, you, if you're, you're trying to correct, correct, y'all, please forgive me. It's literally 12 o'clock in the morning. But if you're trying to correct the behavior, you're going to discipline your child. And it's not always going to be something severe or it's not going to always be something that is just, you know, gonna make them just cry and just whatever but it's going to teach them a lesson of oh i can't do this anymore because if i do this if i continue to make this choice this is going to be the consequence 
And so sometimes I do think, and, and I have experienced it where I'm like, okay, God, like, I know that you are, that this is a consequence of me being disobedient or me doing, you know, what I shouldn't have been doing. And even in those times, I look back and I didn't even get the severity of the consequence that I should have gotten. And I know that that was God's grace. But God allowed me to experience it enough to where I'm like, okay, I can't keep doing that. I can't keep being disobedient. I can't keep delaying or being being delayed on what God has called me to do because he's calling me to do it in time. He's calling me to do it for a reason. You just You just don't know who he might place on your path if you're at the right place at the right time or if you're doing the right thing at the right time. If you're doing what he's called you to do, it's for a reason. Because in that way, when the blessing comes and the opportunity comes and it falls into our lap, we're prepared for it. We're not trying to scramble and, you know, rip and run and try to get things together, trying to figure it out, stressing ourselves out because God has already given us the provision. God has already given it to us in advance and prepared us for whatever the case may be. And so it's so essential for us to just not be distracted. It's so essential for us to just stay focused on God and just stay focused on walking in our purpose. God has called you to be a stay-at-home mom. You be the best stay-at-home mom you can be. God has called you to own a business, be a teacher, be a lawyer, be a doctor, be a missionary, be a volunteer. Um, quit your job and wait on him. Whatever God has called you to do, just do it. Even when it's not easy, even if you have to cry out to God and express your emotions to him. I've done that so many times. I've cried out to God and been frustrated and been even angry at him and just questioning, why would you have me in this place? Why am I being punished? Like, what Like what am I doing wrong? Like, just, just really pouring out my heart to God. And in those moments is when I felt his presence the absolute most. In those moments where I wanted to just give up, in those moments where I was just like, God, why have you forsaken me? That's when God, I I felt his nearness the absolute most. And God reminded me in those low places, in those places where I was being vulnerable, in those places where I was just being raw and honest with him because he already knew how I was feeling. Is when God showed up, like he always does, and he reassured me, and he spoke to me in the most loving, kind way, and just reminded me, like, daughter, I've never left you, daughter, I'm not punishing you, this is all going to work out for our, for your good, Romans 8, 28, all things work together for the good of those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. And this, the things that I'm saying right now, it has to be Holy Spirit because literally this is not any any of the points that I had, any of the, the notes that I took. It, it was not about any of this, but I know that it's for, not only for me, because it's, it's blessing me right now. It's touching my heart, but I know that it's blessing somebody else that's on the other end of this as well. And I know that it's Holy Spirit and I'm I'm okay with going wherever he wants me to go. Look at that right now. That's six. That's Proverbs sixteen nine. Right now, we can make our plans, but the Lord determines our steps. My plan was to talk about three main points, and to read from from certain scriptures, and to talk to y'all about that. And literally, I feel like I've gone off onto tangents at least two or three different times. Tangents that I did not plan on talking about, but in each moment where I'm like, I don't know why I said that. Holy Spirit is like, yes, you do. It was me. 
So this is me, prime example, living in it right now. Letting the Lord determine my steps instead of me saying, oh no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get back and say what I planned on saying. I could have done that every single time I felt myself kind of going off of what I thought was, was my plan, was, was my path. And sometimes what feels like a detour to us is not a detour. It's us turn. It's not us. Excuse me. It's God turning us in the right direction. It's God taking us where He wants us to go. Our path, we, our our path and our plan for us could be okay. I've had everything planned out from point A to point Z. Straight line is going to get me there. And we start to veer to the right or veer to the left we automatically think, oh no, it's the enemy trying to distract me, or oh no, something is pulling me off course, I'm not on the right path. That's not always the case. Sometimes it's God. Sometimes your path from point A to point D is a straight path, and God is like, oh no, sweetheart, your path, you're, you're going to still get to point Z, but you're, you're going to get there in my way and in my timing. And so you might have some zigzags, some little some swirls, some loop-de-loops, you might have to go low and then go high a couple of times before you get to, to point Z. But on your journeys of highs and lows and zigzags and curves, God is with you. God has determined your steps. You're walking in your purpose and you are going to be blessed. It's going to work out for your good and for his glory. It just is. It's hard. I know it's hard. I, I promise you, I, if you only knew really my story and if, if you only knew really what I'm going through right now, even in this season, as I'm sharing this with you right now, it's hard. But me hearing this, like I said, has blessed me and it's encouraged me. And I'm praying that it has blessed and encouraged you as well to just keep on pushing, to keep on staying focused on what God has called you to do and who he has called you to be even when it doesn't make sense even when it's hard even when you're confused even when you're conflicted whatever it is bring it to god bring it to god because he already knows how you feel he he already knows your emotions your thoughts your he knows everything even before you do so we can't hide anything from god and he doesn't want us to he wants us to come to him, his word says for us to come boldly to the throne of grace. Grace. That is his unmerited favor. So he's giving us these imperfect, unclean people who have been made clean, who have been made righteous, who have been made perfect through the, the blood of Jesus. When God sees us, he doesn't see our imperfections and our sin and our flesh. He sees his son, and through his son, we have gotten that redemption. We have gotten um, that authority. We have gotten that the, the, the power. We have gotten all of the same things that Jesus has gotten because we are also co-heirs with Jesus. We are co-heirs with Jesus. That is so crazy to me. Like, I'm sorry, y'all, but that's just like, it blows my mind. That we are co-heirs with the Savior of this world. Like, what? I have the, the, the power 
to walk in authority and, and cast out demons. I have the power. Like when I walk into a room, if there's any darkness in there, the darkness flees because the light of God is within me. What? We as Christians, we got to walk in our power some more. I know I do. We have to really walk in our power some more to where the enemy is mad every day when we wake up and our feet hit that floor to where the enemy is shaking in his boots every single day when we get up because he knows that, oh my gosh, she's woken up. It's a problem for me. Oh my gosh, she's awake. It's a problem for me. Because he knows that we are walking so boldly and unashamed in our purpose and in our authority that the darkness is gonna have to gonna have to flee. Demons are gonna run. The enemy knows he has no power and no authority over us, and it's important for us to know it as well. It's important for us to know who we are and most importantly whose we are. God has given us so much. God has blessed us so much because he desires to be in relationship with with his children so very, very much. And in order for us to bring more of those lost sheep to him, bring those lost sheep to the shepherd, we have to be the light. We have to be preparing the way. We have to be preparing the way and not caring what the people have to say about us, whether other people think about us or how we look to other people. We might look real crazy to other people and it's not going to matter. I know I've looked real crazy to some people when I've done things, things that God has called me to do. I know people have been like, what? You said God told you to do that? Why would God tell you to do that? Why would God tell you to do that? You out here looking crazy. Why would God tell you to do that and you out here just getting beat up? Like, you out here just going through it, like, mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually. Like, girl, you just fighting for your life. You just out here fighting. Why would you? That's just so crazy to me. Like, why would you do that? Doesn't make sense to me. It, it doesn't make and, and guess what? It don't, it don't have to make sense. Respectfully, it doesn't have to make sense. I've learned... First and foremost, I don't care what people have to say about it. Because at the end of the day, as long as my Heavenly Father, it's like, yep, that's my daughter right there. I know that when I tell her to do whatever I tell her to do, no matter how crazy she looks, no matter how how much she might cry about it at night because she's, she's sad that she lost it or she's confused as to what's going on. Or she's, I know that I have her heart above all else. And I know that when I call her do, to do something, she's going to do it. And I can use her in, in greater ways because of it and that's what I want I want what God wants for me first and foremost and I want God to use me I want to leave this earth empty that is the one time in this life that I want to be empty I know I said earlier you can't pour from an empty cup and you're absolutely right but when my time has come we need to take my last breath because God has called me home or because Jesus has returned Whichever one comes first, I want to be empty. I want it to be like, oh, yeah, I want God to be like, yep, well done, my good and faithful servant. I I, use, I knew I could use you, and, and you, you poured out everything. 
you poured out your gifts, your talents, your skills. You poured out your heart. You you poured out everything on everything I called you to do, in every place I called you to be, on the people I called you to love. You gave your everything. And I'm well pleased with you. And I hope that that's what you desire for yourself as well. So don't, it doesn't matter what other people say about you. It doesn't matter. I don't care if the president himself said to you, you look crazy, Do I don't care. It does not matter. I don't care if it's your mother, your father, whoever. I don't care. Even if it's your own parents, it, I, I don't care. Because at the end of the day, they're not God. At the end of the day, none of those people can either grant you, can grant you admission into heaven. None of them can can say, yep, your your name is written in, in the Lamb's Book of Life. None of them but God. So if God called you to do it, do it. Because whatever God is calling you to do is to prepare the way for Jesus, for the coming of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And he's using you to be a light. He's using you to call the lost and to bring them to God so that they can be with their heavenly father forever and in eternity forever that's that's where we want to be with God forever and that's where he wants us to be forever so don't get lost in the chaos and the confusion of the season that you might be in because if there's chaos and there's confusion it means that the enemy is there and the enemy is going to always try to come in and distract you from what God has called you to do, the season that God has called you to be. And he's going to always try to come in and bring chaos and confusion. Because he is the author of chaos and confusion. He is the father of lies. So just know that if you are getting attacked left, right, front, and center from the enemy, it's because you're on the right path. You're you're walking in your purpose, and he's big mad, and let him be big mad, because at the end of the day, God's purpose is going to prevail, and whatever God has purposed you to do is going to prevail, but it's going to take you being obedient, it's going to take you being focused on God, it's going to take us being obedient, focused on God. And so, I just hope and pray that this has blessed you. I'm going to read um, two more scriptures. And um, then I'm, just, I'm going to pray us out. Because I really, I didn't mean for it to be this long. But again, Proverbs 16, 9. I had my plans, but God determined my steps. And the steps that he determined, I know it has blessed somebody else. Because it's greatly blessed me. And y'all just don't know how much I needed this even for myself. Ephesians 5, 1 and 2 says, Imitate God, therefore, in everything you do, because you are his dear children. Live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. He loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God. So I pray that you imitate God in everything that you do. And that you live a life filled with love and following his example. In order to draw those who do not know God to him. And the second scripture, John three twenty seven through 36 says, 
John replied, no one can receive anything unless God gives it from heaven. You yourselves know how plainly I told you, I am not the Messiah. I am only here to prepare the way for him. It is the bridegroom who marries the bride, and the bridegroom's friend is simply glad to stand with him and hear his vows. Therefore, I am filled with joy at his success. He must become greater and greater, and I must become less and less. He has come from above and is greater than anyone else we are. Excuse me, and is greater than anyone else. We are of the earth and we speak of earthly things, but he has come from heaven and is greater than anyone else. He testifies about what he has seen and heard, but how few believe what he tells them. Anyone who accepts his testimony can affirm that God is true, for he is sent by God. He speaks God's words, for God gives him the spirit without limit. The Father loves his Son and has put everything into his hands, and anyone who believes in God's Son has eternal life. Anyone who doesn't obey the Son will never experience eternal life, but remains under God's angry judgment. So I pray that we, as God's children's are children, are just glad to be doing God's will and that we are striving for God to become greater and greater within us and for us to become less and less. And so for our close closing prayer before um before I offer those that might not know Lord the, the Lord or accepted him as their Lord and Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. I want to read that prayer that I told you guys about that I wrote when I was listening to Prepare the Way by Tribal and Maverick City Music. Um so yeah go ahead and get into your prayer posture while I I read it. Abba you returning you are returning for your people. Your bride is the most important thing. I am here to prepare the way for you to be a disciple and bring lost souls to you for salvation. Please help me never forget that this is why I'm here. It doesn't matter how people think I look or how they think I sound. I've been called apart, called to be different from the world because I belong to you, not the world. John knew his purpose and fulfilled it. He didn't care about what people had to say because he knew he was living for you. May preparing the way for Jesus be my focus always. In moments when life can be overwhelming, disappointing, or not be what I expected, please remind me of why I am here, to have a relationship with my Heavenly Father and to prepare the way for Jesus. May that truth always bring me comfort and clarity, peace and purpose and focus. Help me get out the way and not block the way of King Jesus with my fleshly desires or even my heart's desires. Every desire you have placed in my heart will come to pass, and its first focus is to prepare the way for Jesus by bringing him all the glory, honor, and praise. It's to help others believe and receive salvation so they may spend eternity with you, Abba. I'm getting out of the way for Jesus each moment and each day. He must become greater and I must become less. In your holy and precious name, Abba, we pray, amen. For those of you who might not know um, or have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and if you want to right now in this moment, just say this prayer. Dear God, thank you for sending your son Jesus to die for my sins. I believe he lived, he died, and he rose again just for me. I receive you now as my savior, 
work in me and transform me as you would have me to be transform me into who and transform me into who you would have me to become Abba in your name I pray amen if you just prayed that prayer and accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior congratulations that is the best decision that you've ever made. And there are angels rejoicing in heaven right now as we speak. They're having a party right now because of that decision. And I'm so, so happy for you. And you are just so blessed. And so if you have any prayers or anything that you would like to talk to me about, ask me, or if any of you guys do, please feel free to reach out to me. My Instagram is poetically saved underscore. I would love to hear from each and every one of you guys and I just hope and pray that this upcoming week for you all or wherever you are in life whatever season you're in I just pray that you just stay encouraged and you continue to look to your heavenly father who is the author and the finisher of your faith and remember that he that has started a good work in you will finish it and so I will talk to you guys soon I love you all, and please just remember that growth is still growth, even if you only take baby steps. Love you all. Be blessed.